welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we'll be discussing compromising in relationships. And today, I've invited Lillian Grace to share her perspective. Lillian is a writer, writing coach, educator, speaker, editor, and ghostwriter. She is the author of two personal development novels for the whole family, The Mastery Club and The Hidden Order. And she's just released a new book for the youth called Quest for Riches, which is about four teenagers discovering the keys to wealth and prosperity. It's a novel about our money personalities and the four teens represent those four styles and our family patterns and beliefs and behaviours around money. Recently, she also released the novel, which I'm sure is going to be of interest for many of you out there, called Wanted Greener Grass. Her new novel is about love, envy and a crazy kind of courage. In essence, it is a story about one's journey in figuring out what they really want which is relatable to all of us as we figure this thing out called life. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. It's lovely to be here. I appreciate the invitation. So let's jump on in and let me know, like, what do you define as compromising in a relationship? What does this mean to you? Well, I guess the essence of a compromise is when both sides give a little. Neither one takes an all or nothing position. And and that's actually necessary in a relationship, right? You've got two people with different values and needs who adjust their expectations to take into account the other person. The issue is the degree to which we compromise. And is it balanced on both sides or is one person doing all the compromising? Yes, I agree. Have you ever over-compromised over or held yourself back in a relationship? Yes, for sure. In fact, when I realized what I was doing, I had the sense of it that you've mentioned before when we've spoken that I was making myself small to make my partner comfortable. Mm. And and I realized it wasn't okay with me to do that. Yeah, I think sometimes we do that. We don't even realize that we're doing it. Did you realize it was yeah. happening or is it now that it's that moment's an after, you know, moment in time now that you've realized you were overcompromising? I think there's a part of us that always knows, you know, there's a part that knows the truth, but we can suppress it for various reasons. So the first time I realized I was doing this was some 16, 17 years ago when I wanted to go dancing and my partner didn't. And I realized I wasn't prepared to give up on something that brought me alive because he didn't want to share it, you know, and didn't want to be, be involved in that experience. So when my youngest, we had twins, and when they were three, I weaned them and headed out dancing while he stayed home to watch the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And I read an article a few years ago called Marry Him by a woman called Laurie Gottlieb. Okay. And her the- theme of her article was about settling for Mr. Good Enough instead of waiting for Mr. Perfect, you know. And I didn't entirely agree with that because while 
I I agree there's no such thing as a flawless partner. You know, like I had written another article myself years ago called Perfect Partner, Perfect for What? You know, <laughs> that we shouldn't be – the perfect partner isn't the man that we can tick off the list of, you know, handsome, good sense of humor, wealthy, blah, blah, you know, like down the list like that. But the perfect partner is actually perfect for us, for our growth because the pur- purpose of relationship is not happiness per se but it's it's growth, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a dynamic. Anyway – so I wrote a reply to her article about settling for Mr. Goodenough and said, no, 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 you know, we shouldn't do that in relationship because the idea of settling is kind of demeaning and, and undermining and rather it's better that we engage with our partner and we co-create the relationship that we really want. And to some extent we were doing this. My partner and I were in open conversation and we were doing counselling but we kept tripping over what was his bottom line which was that he liked his life in the form it was and he didn't actually want much to change, you know, whereas I was still kind of unfulfilled. Okay. And then what happened? Well, if we, if we go back to the, in, in the big journey of things, in the grand scheme of things, like a long time ago when the, when the kids were little, um, around just before I started dancing, um, I, I was quite depressed in that relationship. We were not connecting at all. We, we, I, I would say we didn't even like each other anymore. You know, we'd got to that sort of point. Mm-hmm. And, and that was when we, we started doing some counselling and things through that process got a whole lot better. And then I reached that point of wanting to go dancing again and, and he didn't want to go and so I just went anyway. And gradually over time things got a lot better. And what made you go anyway? Because it sounds like you're holding yourself back a little bit beforehand, but, th- but at this time you're like, no, nah, I'm going to go anyway. Well, what actually happened was I had danced before I met him, just ballroom and Latin. It was my, my hobby dancing, right? And he didn't dance at all. And when I met him, because he didn't dance, I just stopped. And for 10 years having kids and all that, I just stopped dancing. Mm. And then I had um, I had the old lump in the breast experience and in the process of the therapy it, it wasn't malignant in the end but in the process of the naturopathy and everything I was going through I was working with a practitioner once who said to me so so what makes you happy and I thought dancing you know and I was on so many supplements at the time from this this naturopath I was on so many supplements and I just cold turkey went off all the supplements went back to dancing and never looked back wow you know? Yeah, and that was when the the girls were three. I weaned them, went back dancing and just felt alive again and felt happy again, you know. And I did that for a period of time and then my partner and I at the time hit a wall again when when the kids were sort of around nine, you know, um, six, seven, eight, nine, around that, that sort of age. And I was uh, 39. I was on the verge of turning 40 and I was doing this big, uh, you know, the big O birthdays bring up that, where am I in my life? Why am I not where I thought I would be at this age? Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. And I felt very disappointed and frustrated because nothing was really working in my life the way I wanted it to. And, and at that point, that was when I actually picked up writing more seriously and wrote The Mastery Club, which is the book that ended up really kind of going places for me. And also then in that process, I started living independently of him more. Like I'm, I'm not going to wait for you anymore. I'm going to start creating the life I want for myself. And he sort of came along to some degree, but not to the degree that was really fulfilling for me, you know. So, but, but over the years since then, things got better and better and better. You know, it was, it was better, but it was still, there was still that at the back of my mind, that thing of, I'm still not really fulfilled, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's very interesting because I did the same thing. I had started to learn to surf, but I hadn't even worked out how you learn to surf properly and then had a partner and he hated everything about the beach. So I stopped because I hadn't got the (laughs) bugs, so to speak, because it didn't really... I was like surfing on a short board and I should have been on a long board and all sorts of things. But anyway, when that relationship broke up, Oh, and I was thinking about things. I was like, I'm going to give that surfing a go. And now I'm obsessed and go two, three times a week if I can. And I can't believe that I was in this relationship where I wasn't doing it. It's the same sort of thing with your dancing. Mm. Like I feel so alive and it's like a form of meditation for me, surfing and a, a sense of freedom and the water is so important. And it's incredible that I look back and go, wow, I gave that up and I didn't even really realise and I hadn't even really realised the importance of that, but my lesson out of that now is I won't ever do that again. Like if a guy mm. says, if I can tell a guy's not into the beach, it's red flag straight up, not even giving you my number sort of situation for myself now. And it's incredible how you can be such a strong, independent woman or man or whatnot and just all of a sudden realise, oh, my God, I've like compromised so much that I didn't even realise where it started. But it's interesting that you've been at, you were able to find the courage to do what you wanted to in the relationship, whereas it took my relationship ending for me to like rediscover myself. I think that's often the case, you know, that for, for many people it does take that. And so the latest development in my life. So I'm going to go yeah, in. Yeah, I won't, I won't leap into that yet. We'll get there. But, but it was a very different dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. So your new novel, Wanted Greener Grass, unexpectedly became real for you in your own life, even though the story originated as a fictitious character. So tell us about this. So this was very important in your life, quite the change. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was significant. So the idea for the novel came some nine years ago and it's about a couple whose relationship is kind of flat and unfulfilling. So Mia is the main character. It's it's She's telling the story. She's discontented, you know. She wants a more fulfilling relationship and a more fulfilling job. She wants a child. She's envious of her friend Cheryl who's got her own business while Mia's just a PA and is married to a man who and, – and Cheryl is married to a man who utterly adores her and has the baby Mia and her husband John have been trying for for years. At the beginning of the book, Mia's husband John learns that his father's dying. So he flies to the UK to see him before he dies. Sort of, you know, He arrives too late, but he stays for the funeral and while he's there he discovers that his father was a closet artist of some ability, right? And so he starts to wonder if there's a side to him that's buried that he doesn't yet even know about. So while he's in the UK, Mia thinks, begins to think about separating. When he comes back, you know, let's call it quits kind of thing. But then John says he's coming back different, right? He's been deeply affected by his father's passing and he wants to discover other possibilities. So he's resigning his job as an accountant. So Mia holds fire because she's intrigued by this. And when John comes back, he has changed and he's quite different. He recommits to their relationship at a whole new level. Romance is reignited. He's full of surprises. From dressing in his suit and heading off into the city as the accountant job, you know, every morning, he starts mowing lawns and suggesting they go to the theatre. But in the process of reinventing himself, he has presented both of them with quite a significant moral and ethical dilemma, and I won't reveal that. No. So let's jump into how you, you're writing this book, and it's yes. based on that. And you know, the lead character, she's not happy, she's not fulfilled, and you're in your yep. life feeling the same, not fulfilled, yes. not happy. But then all of a sudden, the story became pretty real 
in your life and the different we're not going to really talk about the storyline because we want people to yep. read the book and discover it exactly. but it there were similarities and storylines you're playing with so what happened to you all right so what happened is i was writing this i was actually teaching a novel writing course and while i was teaching it i thought i'll write this this book that's been sitting in my filing cabinet you know for nine years sort of thing so i'm writing this book and that was september to november of 2016 i finished writing the book a week later, in December 2016, this new man turns up at dancing. And that month, my partner and I celebrated our 29th anniversary. This is the man who's the father of my children. I would have, without without a flicker of hesitation, have called him my best friend. You know, he's my business partner who would produce all my books for me, you know, um, layout and my, my website, you know. Mm-hmm. We have three beautiful grown-up kids, a very close-knit family, so and we a lot of love and a, a good sexual connection, you know. It's like we had this great relationship a week after writing this, except that I wasn't entirely fulfilled, right? A week after writing this book, this new man turns up in my life we dance together and mix a connection immediately, right? We start talking, we're having conversations, there's a connection immediately, real dip. The things he's interested in are a match, you know, like there's a, a lot of a lot of chemistry happening straight away. So we start dancing with him, but I'm sort of pushing him away. I'm not available, go dance with her, go dance with her. You know, he was looking for a dance partner and I was like, I'm, I, I can't, I'm not available, you know, but also – wanting him not wanting him to hook up with anyone else it was this kind of come here go away come here go away dynamic going on and six weeks after meeting him and having this dance and this deepening connection I realized I I was at the same point that my character Mia is at at the end of the book Mm. and I was completely confronted you know I had to have a big conversation with my partner at the time and we were never married we were de facto Mm. so so but that with that long-term partner you know having just celebrated our 29th anniversary I had to have a big confronting conversation with him because you know he knew all along that I was interested in this guy dancing because I operate with a kind of no secrets no lies philosophy in relationship and I'd held a very very strong boundary we'd never done anything other than dance and talk but I knew that I did not want this guy out of my life. I wanted, and I wanted him in my life at a deeper level. And I didn't know what to do. You know, I sort of I wanted them both. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how many people out there listening are in that situation right now, where they're maybe married, but they aren't fulfilled in the marriage, and then they've connected with someone else, and they want that. But you've got a family as well, and you're trying to work out what to do between the two. You're married. You've got children. Do I stay? for the sake of the family, I imagine is the thought process there versus do I go because I feel like I've got a deeper connection with this other person. So what happened? So what happened was we had – I actually asked him, I know you've done some interviews about open marriage, and I had in the counselling process that we'd been through – Okay, this this gets like come down the rabbit hole with me, all right? <laughs> because in the process of these years that I went dancing and my partner did not, I had been dancing with a particular guy for quite a few years who, in fact, at this point, you know, in 2016, for 16 years we've been dancing together. And he'd been interested in me right back at the beginning of that. 
uh, but he was partnered and I was partnered. And while there was chemistry w- between us, I always knew he was not the one for me, you know? Yeah, you can just feel it. I just call it vibes. Yeah. You just feel it. Yeah, yeah. But there was a very strong connection, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so we would dance together and when his partner left him, he became very interested and I was still holding the boundary because I knew it was not a relationship for me. It was, a, you know, it was an attraction. So um, eventually, so but I did always talk to my partner about it because no secrets, no lies, right? I want to break and that th- down actually because that's interesting. You're married or not married but basically married and so you have one man that you've been dancing with for 16 years and he is now interested in you and you're attracted to him but you realise it's not for you but then you randomly meet this other guy through dancing as well and there's sparks within, I think, from just meeting each other but within weeks and you feel like you definitely want him in your life. What, what's the, what was the difference there? Was it literally just energy and a feeling? Like how did you know maybe one needed to be taken more seriously than the other one. One would be a fling and one would possibly be more. Isn't it interesting that what is it that in us as humans that that just instinctively knows out of a room full of people which one is the possible match, like without knowing them, you know, at all, mm. you know, consciously, and yet we're drawn to, to someone for various reasons. So I would say differences, I mean, the conversation was an X factor that flushed it up. So you had the intellectual compatibility. Yeah. 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 The things he was prepared to talk about with me, the honesty, the depth, the intelligence of mm. his conversation, you know, like he met me. I, that was one of the things I said to my, my partner at the time when, when I was bringing this all out very openly was, I, I feel like I've met my match, you know, someone who can meet me at every level really fully, not, not a bit, a bit of it, but what? Yeah, what's every level to you? Because for me, I'm looking for someone that I'm compatible with intellectually, emotionally. And intellectually isn't like Albert Einstein. Intellectual, intellectually is having deep conversations. Emotionally, yep. sexually, and then I call it the X factor, which is the chemistry, which literally has no science behind it. It's either there or it's not there. Were they the four areas that you were looking for if it was to happen? Sort of thing. Like, is that what everything got ticked? ticked off for for you yes i would say so let let me go back into the the story because this is very relevant and that is you know dr john d martini you heard of him he's <laughs> all right he he is an extraordinary uh speaker a behavioral educator he, a spiritual kind of inspiration for me he's he's my my mentor you could say in a way and he tells a story about a time in his life when he was in Australia training and his wife, Athena, they live on a ship called The World, you know, mm. the multi-millionaires and billionaires and whatever live on, travels around the world. I wouldn't mind and living on a ship called The World, seeing exactly. the world. So his wife, Athena, is living on the ship and then she docks in this Greek Greek town, right, and she goes into the town and she sees this drop-dead gorgeous guy, right? And she's talking to him and he invites her out for dinner. She's like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. And she rings Martini, her husband, right, in Australia. Says, I don't know what to do. I've met this guy. So also no secrets, no lies in their relationship, right? So she tells him up front, I've met this guy. And he says, well, you should definitely go out with him and you should go around the wheel. And what he means by the wheel is like what you're saying about these four areas, but he calls it the seven areas of life, which is physical, mental, spiritual, social, financial, vocational, and familial, right? These seven areas Mm -hmm. of life. 
because he says, you've got to check him out because if he is better for you in all those seven areas of life than me, you deserve to have him, right? And you need to find out because otherwise you will forever be comparing me with a fantasy if you don't if you don't know. You'll always be thinking, oh, that guy, he could have been better, blah, 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 right? So go out and have dinner with him, check him out. So she goes out, she has dinner with him and she's like, okay, he's a 10 physically, he's a nine socially, but he's a four intellectually or whatever it was, right? <laughs> so she's kind of going around, around the Exactly, round the wheel. So my partner, my my, who's now my expert, was my long term partner at the time. He and I held this same value, this same principle, the same I feel idea. Feel like you gave the story away there, Miss Ryder. <laughs> I, I sort of did a little bit then, didn't I? But we were getting to it. We were so getting to it. You, from I, I left know, him. I know, I know. But we had so we had this agreement that if either one of us met someone who was more fulfilling, you would fulfill us, be better for us, that we would let the other go, you know. Mm-hmm. And so at that six-week point um, after meeting New Man at Dancing, um, I we had the conversation and he said to me, well, if he's better for you, if he's more fulfilling for you, you know, then you deserve to have him. And and it was different to the other guy I had danced with at that point for 16 years because we never got to have that conversation because while there was a chemistry and all of that, I knew that in the, if I went around the seven areas that I was going to go, but boom, right, <laughs> in lots of those areas, yeah. I was not going to hit the, hit the heights in, in all seven areas. Whereas this new ga- guy, I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Yeah, like I was feeling confronted because it was mm. so potentially so rich. Then um, Judgment Day came and you're in the situation where you've realised that he's the one for you and if you want to be with him, you need to walk away or break up the family. And understandably, there's a lot of fear in doing that. Various married people I've met have aired to me that they don't want to be in the marriage, but they don't want to break up the family or, or leave the kids or whatnot. So often many marriages or de facto relationships stay together for the children. So how do you navigate your way through that situation? Okay, so when this, because of the the deep friendship, the working together, the close family, the love, all those things with my current partner, I I processed the hell out of this, right? I was not going to walk away until I was 100% certain. So I saw three counsellors, three different counsellors for different perspectives. I had an astrology reading, right? So I was checking him out astrologically. Uh, we had an astrology reading done on our relationship to be with him. And that one came out and said, this is more, than, you know, there's depth, there's something here. And I checked out, I was listening to my intuition, which is actually the first thing that, that occurred. The first thing was this little voice saying, you could have a life with this man just when we were dancing together. That shocked me and threw me absolutely for sex, you know. And my body the, the sensations in my body, my head, my heart, you know, my feelings and my, my thoughts, I, I checked everything out. Mm. And then there was the kids. So the thing with me is that my kids are in their 20s. And so I just, it, it was not such a big decision at that level because while I did not want a, a broken family per se, I thought, well, we're at the age where these kids are all going to go off. They're going to fly the coop now. They're going to all do their own thing. And it would be silly for me to sit here in the nest, you know, hovering and waiting for them to come and visit when I could be going off and having my own rich life. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to fly the nest as well, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, flapped my little wings and, and took off. And and look, it was it's been an amazing journey with with the kids. Their their response has been quite extraordinary. Yeah, so you said that it's quite amicable, the breakup with your ex, and you guys are still pretty healthy in the co-parenting and you still spend time together. So how have you navigated your way through that? The starting point was his own attitude that he wants the best for me. Because he loves me, he wants the best for me. And he understood why I was making the choice I was making, even though it actually grieved him. He went through anger, he went through sadness, grief, he was... He was he was devastated for a long time. It's it's um almost a year and a half to you know the day that I met the new man that you know I'm with now, yeah. and there was a good year of really difficult difficult stuff in there for him. However, the very first time that I broke the news to our son, who was 25 at the time, I think he. He said, well, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised because you and dad were always mismatched. So there was, you know, out of the mouths of babes, right? He just saw it straight away. And then we had a bit of a family meeting where we told our girls, the the, the twin daughters who are 22, in the process of telling them, you know, they were like, oh, we don't want a broken family. We're so proud of our family compared to our friends who have broken families, you know. And my my ex said, we're not going to have a broken family. We are going to be a bigger family. We're going to be a stronger family. And my son said, yep, and we are going to invite mom's new partner into our family. We are not going to reject him. We're not going to reject, you know. Isn't that amazing? It's such incredible strength and the amount of love that your ex-partner was able to have just like feel like he's just – you know, the the shining example of being love in a situation which can be mm. really, really, really difficult, but he chose to be love even though he was going through his own heartache and I really hope that he's been able to heal that now. But it's, that's just mm. incredible. Like my parents aren't together as well. We definitely didn't have that sort of experience. So uh, I imagine it's few and far between that it does happen, but it's quite incredible that you mm. guys have been able to do that. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. And I do think that one of the X factors of us achieving that is the no secrets, no lies, that there was no cheating, that it was all very communicated right from the beginning. My kids also knew. Like when I started dancing with this new guy, my, my ex joked with our daughter, said, oh, mum's got a new dancing boyfriend. You know, like mm. it, it was just like everybody knew. So everyone was along for the journey and the ups and downs of it. And there have been downs. One of my daughters had like a panic attack, you know, like she went mm. through real anxiety thing about the the breakup of the family, you know. But she then went and had um, a counselling session and came through it and has been fine since then and gets on really well with my new partner, you know. So and all three kids, so so here's the thing is that within a couple of months of my um, leaving and being with the, the new partner, he asked me to marry him, you know, and, and I said yes. And we got married a couple of months ago in Feb. And Congratulations. Thank you. We're going on our honeymoon in two weeks. It's so exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. Yeah. But all three kids were in the bridal party, you know. So, oh, and wow. My, yeah. My, like my ex didn't come to the wedding. That was, was still too, would have been too painful, you know, and he's still doing his ups and downs with it. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, he understood. He, he respected my decision even though it has saddened him and been difficult for him. So, and he's and he has continued to work with me, like producing my books, including this book, 
wanted greener grass that I wrote that has personal connection for him to our lives and our journey. Even that would have been tough. That would have been tough for him. Yeah, and then yet he's continued to work with me, looks after my website, produced the book, produced the, the other financial literacy novel that we're just launching now, you know, like full-on amazing yeah. man. Well, he deserves a great love as well, so I hope that he finds he that woman as well that is compatible and the spark as well, so then it's like a happy ending to what wasn't necessarily a happy yeah. ending in a sense but a new beginning. So yeah, that's incredible. I, I, that, I agree. That is my that is my prayer for him that he'll meet someone. And I know for your listeners it must be like, what is wrong with this woman? You know, like <laughs> why did she leave him, you know? and. And like this, this is the thing. One of my lessons, I think, through this has been, you know, there's that song that love is enough, you know. But what mm. came up for me is love. Love isn't enough, even <laughs> though we say it is enough. It's not. Love isn't enough because we we make this kind of fantasy about love in a way because because actually on a day to day level, it's the way you want to do your life. And so I discovered that I can actually love lots of men without necessarily living with them all, you know? So mm. so I can continue to fully love him, which I do. I really still love him very much, care for him very much. But because our lifestyle choices are very different, you know, he wants very different things. I want a lot more adventure and stimulation than he does, mm. you know? So this being able to dance with my life partner is is just a dream for me. And the fact that he wants to travel and and I do, that's fun. And the fact that he's into musical theatre and, like, just last night we were at a show, we got home at 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, like I love stuff like that. The, 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 just the richness of, of life is really fulfilling for me now and it was a, a very much quieter life with, with my ex because that was his preference. So when we began by talking about the compromising and being small, I felt that for who I am, I'm, I'm a big sort of person, you know, and mm-hmm. I thought I was very small life um, with him because that was what was a comfortable life for him, you know, because he liked to, you know, just come home and sit and watch TV and potter in the garden and read a book and, you know, very quiet life. And I'm not a quiet life kind of girl, you know, I, I just, I want to go out and meet people and do things and have adventures and challenge myself and, you know. Yeah, I just feel like I never realised how important that was until like very similar sort of story in the sense of having a relationship where we didn't have similar um, likes really and things that we, yeah, like he what he was into and what I was into was completely opposite or opposite in many ways. And now in my 30s I realise how important it is to find someone. I mean, you don't have to be the same because that would probably be sort of boring as well, but to have a lot of similarities of in your personal time of things that you want to actually do together and that there's enough there and it's not one partner's always compromising for the other partner or vice versa because whereas it is be and he wasn't into the ocean so now I want to find someone that's into the ocean but I want someone that I could surf with and I don't know if we really put value on that when we're looking for a partner sometimes we I think we keep that a little bit small and then in the end that affects us because it keeps us small because we aren't able to actually fully be ourselves. Yes, I've always thought, you know, that there's there's two elements to a relationship. One is 
that you meet someone who's very opposite you because that's where the chemistry comes in. It's the difference, it's the challenge, it's the unexpectedness, all of that sort of dynamic. But then you also need someone who's very like you in terms of your deepest values and the things mm-hmm. you cherish, you know, so that you've got that that basis for 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 similarity, for sharing, for connection, whatever. So yeah, with this guy we've got enough that's similar and aligned to have this comfort level of the relationship and enough that's different and sparky and, you know, challenging and, and, mm. and, and whatever to have chemistry as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and you, know, you know for you the ocean is one of those things where you need to be able to share that. And for me, the, the dance, the theatre, that, that, the conversation thing, that's really important for me, you know. It's very interesting because as I think of that, as you said, that they're both flowing energies, the ocean mm. flows and the energy, it, and I mean, I'm all, you're always feeling the energy of the waves as they're coming, whether there's enough power in it to be able to be worth taking that wave or not. And with the dancing, it's a flow of energy as well and movement, which I find int- just interesting, very random. So my final mm. question that I have for you is there may be a few people out there uh, married in long-term relationships, possibly with kids as well, in this situation that you were in, and what would your advice be for them? Okay, so you know, one of the one of the things about relationship is, I guess, my bottom line advice is the no secrets, no lies. You know, is to open the conversation, build the open communication as much as possible into the relationship to have the respect for self and for other, you know, Mm -hmm. in equal balance, that it's not just about having everything work for you or for me but about both of us because if you create that general agreement, then it's safe for both parties to participate in the conversation. It's not about an either-or, it's about us and what's going to be best for for both of us. If people are coming from a, a starting point or a basis where there have been secrets and there have been lies, then there's going to be a longer journey to get to the amicable outcome, I think, because you've got a bit of healing and patching up and recovery to do, you Mm -hmm. know. If it's nothing specific has happened yet but there's a lot that hasn't been shared, there's more withholds, things Mm -hmm. like that, then then I would start with that. I I would start with, with sharing. If you've got someone in your life who you know that, they're going to have trouble hearing what you need to tell them, that you're not going to be able to speak with them openly because they're going to have trouble taking it, then I would advise that you get some professional help in, you know, some some counsel or whatever to help you navigate that journey ahead if there's stuff you need to communicate and resolve and you don't, if you think they're going to hit the roof or they're going to clam up or whatever is their response. I was very blessed in that my partner had the maturity and the openness and he was not defensive. He was, you know, he could hear what I said right? I was able to communicate with him. Our rocky road really actually came after his, he was the moral high ground of like, yes, I want you to, to have the best, I will step down kind of thing. And then he he went, you know, it was very difficult for him after that, angry, sad, you know, the whole thing, and we had to do the journey. So I'm telling you right now, it's not easy. This is, and, you, and your listeners, you know, it's not as that it was an easy journey. There's been a lot of crying. and a lot. I remember with him at the very beginning and, and crying and saying, I do not understand why this is happening. Mm. In retrospect, in retrospect, I understand better. But it was a, it was very difficult, and so people have to be strong and courageous to do that if they want their really rich life. They've got to be willing to do the journey, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. like I always say, someone that you also know as well, Shireen. Shireen and I yeah. always say, you know, 
happiness is not for chicken shits. And this is a perfect example of it. Like sometimes you have to, you know, look fear in the eye and be like, you do not have power. This is not happening. Like I'm going to break through from you and have the courage to leap into the unknown. And I've done it and it is terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And I know that I'm a confident person and people see that, but I've been terrified to my core. And sometimes though things need to crumble away and it doesn't make sense at the time and it's very, very hard. But when that moment becomes hindsight, you can start to learn and see why things crumbled away. Maybe you on, weren't quite on the right path the universe wanted you to be on and she wants to put you back into alignment, back onto the right path, and there's um, pain there. But also the biggest growth periods that we have are through the most painful periods in our life as well. So I, it, for you to make the decision and for anyone out there who's maybe just sitting at crossroads not sure what to do, my advice to you would be to get very, very still. You don't have to do it like, you know, cliché, meditation type legs cross with your fingers in the circles i go to the beach and different things like that or the or the bath but just to get very quiet and start to really listen to your instincts and how you know the difference between your instincts versus fear is fear is always negative talk it's always negative so listen to the negative language whereas your soul and your essence will come out of love and it, and it will be out of loving sort of conversations and it won't have a negative twist on it. And that's how you start to decipher between your essence and your instincts versus your fear talking to yourself. And then once you've listened to your inner wisdom and understood it, then yeah, next steps of like what you shared of how how the best way is to be able to communicate that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been great. And I'm sure that this has helped many people out there that are in a similar situation to yourself, Lillian. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. If I could just say one last word on that, it would be balance that, you know, my book was called Wanted Greener Grass, but I knew one of the lessons in the book was that there's no such thing as greener grass. There's going to be pros and cons in every journey and every relationship. And if you bear in mind, if you can look at your issue and find the pros and cons of what you're in and what you're moving into, you will navigate a much calmer, more balanced, more centered journey than if you are in a state of, you know, elation or depression or resentment or, you know, infatuation, whatever. So it's being able to feed on the ground and see things, you know, in from a balanced perspective. And that's made a big difference for me in traveling this road calmly and having my children be okay with it and my ex is very much about the Balance Centre Road. Great. Thank you so much. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.